But first, we go to our Borderlands writer, Noy Mahoney, who is not only following trends on the border, but also following layoffs as well. He joins us now. Noy, thanks for joining us this morning. Good morning. Good to have you, Noe, as always. And let's start start off by talking about U.S.-Mexico trade. We obviously know that Mexico is a big-time partner with us right now. And even through struggling economic conditions, we're continuing to see some pretty strong numbers, right? That's right. Um, according to Uber Freight, uh, Mexico will continue to see um, strong cross-border uh, freight volumes in 2023 and beyond. It's being led by um, increased manufacturing activity that's going on in Mexico uh, because of the nearshoring boom. Um, you know, factories relocating to Mexico over the past several years. You know, led by automotive as well as uh, electronics manufacturing and uh, medical equipment manufacturing. And when we're looking at this ongoing uh, surge of activity, as you mentioned, manufacturing and nearshoring, is there any kind of timeline that we can expect to kind of see or a runway that we can expect for this to really go on into? Are there any estimates of this maybe proceed or going into 2024 or even beyond that? Yeah, um, according to Uber Freight, uh, I spoke to uh, Ben Enriquez. He's their head of Mexico operations. He said uh, he really thinks we're going to see uh, strong freight volume has really take off towards the end of uh, this year and really uh, ramp up in 2024 and maybe beyond. Um, that's when a lot of these uh, factories like the, the Tesla electric vehicle factory will, will, is supposed to be uh, operational uh, by 2024, as well as, uh, you know, all their um, suppliers that are going to be supplying the factory and uh, other, other uh, manufacturing uh, activity as well. So, 2024 and beyond seems to be when we'll really see, or it's expected that we'll see, you know, increased increased freight volumes at that time. No, you put out an article a couple of weeks ago now talking about flatbed and how flatbed is a really good indicator of a sub-segment of the trucking space that is continuing to stay elevated, especially in cross-border trade. A lot of that being contributed to automotive, but also to that construction piece about it, right? When we're talking about the manufacturing boom, obviously now we have to build places for people to live. And now these other parts of infrastructure that are needed to supply that, that's something that we're seeing as well. And are other companies continuing to see that flatbed really being kind of that prop up in a down trucking market? Yeah, that's really interesting. You know, I spoke to uh, Patty Hinojosa of Cargo Quotes, and she said flatbed has really been strong. Uh, Cross-border flatbed has really been strong. A lot of it's being led by um, manu- not manufacturing, you know, um, building factories, but also residential uh, construction, uh, commercial construction. I know here in San Antonio, where I'm based, um, there was a report that just came out that we're one of the fastest growing metros uh, in the U.S. with I, I don't know how many thousands of people moving here this past year, but I'm sure that played a part in, you know, flatbed, uh, you know, um, imports of raw material, building all of these, you know, new apartments and homes that I guess people are needing uh, that are moving here. And now let's jump into some of the specifics for certain companies. Can you tell us a little bit about, about the San Diego-based 3PL XP fulfillment? Yeah, it's a really interesting little story, and I guess it ties into, you know, what we were talking about, increased uh, cross-border freight volume. XP Fulfillment uh, is a company that services uh, e-commerce brands. Uh, According to their website, they didn't name any of the brands, but it said global e-commerce brands. And XP Fulfillment at the moment has four 
warehouses throughout Mexico. And it's recently, the, the company XP Fulfillment recently received a uh, $100 million uh, investment fund from a private equity fund uh, to expand uh, its warehouse and logistics operations. Uh, the company didn't say where they would be building new warehouses, but I assume it's either in Mexico or somewhere uh, along the U.S.-Mexico border. So it just goes to show, you know, uh, the increased uh, cross-border freight volumes that we're seeing uh, between Mexico and the U.S. That's interesting to watch. We've also got some news coming out of a New Orleans-based pepper company building close to my hometown in Santa Teresa, New Mexico. I'm sure Anthony is loving this story. Uh, New Orleans-based Louisiana Pepper Exchange is building a new uh, pepper chili pepper processing plant uh, and distribution facility in Santa Teresa, New Mexico. Um, it's, this is a company that supplies uh, industrial, uh, I guess, uh, manufacturers, uh, um, home kitchens, as well as restaurants with uh, chili pepper products, chili pepper um, sauces. Uh, so it's a really interesting story. According to their website, they, they are a global shipper, so they ship all these pepper products around the world. Um, they didn't specify when this uh, plant was going to be operational, but it probably should be within the next year or so. Uh, so it's really exciting for Santa Teresa because they import all their pepper products from Mexico and uh, South America. Louisiana pepper, so they've got nothing on half green chilies. Absolutely nothing at all. <laughs> no, you're spot on. That brings joy to my heart to hear about some New Mexican activity. Also, unfortunately, there's been other activity, some layoffs happening in the industry as well. Can you tell us a little bit about some of the latest companies that have been impacted by it? That's right. Um, recently, DHL Supply Chain and GXO Logistics announced that they were closing uh, facilities in Texas and laying off employees. Uh, the closure and layoffs are related to both companies uh, losing contracts with uh, existing customers. Uh, DHL said they are laying off uh, 80 workers in the Houston area at two facilities in the Houston area. But the, the number of layoffs could go up to as many as 152 workers, uh, depending on ongoing negotiations, apparently, with the customer that's terminating its contract. Uh, and GXO is laying off 105 workers at a closing a facility in uh, Fort Worth, Texas. This is, of course, a slew of layoffs that we've seen in the last couple months. And our roundtable today with Bill Priestley and Anthony and Tony are going to talk a little bit more about that. Do we see now these companies that have maybe started to create a really large global footprint, like DHL obviously has one of the largest, GXO and its parents com parent company, XPO, have also had a pretty large global footprint. Are they finally starting to feel the brunt of a really tough economic environment? Yeah, I think that this plays a, this shows you know how competitive the uh, freight market is right now how razor thin some of these margins are for these uh, you know supply chain and logistics companies um, and unfortunately you know when you lose a contract like this uh, it forces even big operators such as DH, DHL and GXO to have to uh, close uh, logistics warehouses and uh, you know I wouldn't be surprised if we don't see more of this you know, throughout Texas and some of the other big uh, freight markets where um, these operations are located. Definitely a lot of volatility and downtimes here in the freight market. Noy, thanks so much for joining us this morning. We'll be sure to check in with you as more stories on the borderland develops. Thank you for having me. And of course, you can catch his uh, article, Borderlands, up every single weekend on FreightWaves.com.
Right now, we're going to hand things over to Tony Mulvey and Donnie Gilbert. They're here with our first carrier update of the morning. 